This is Plant-Based Briefing. As a vet, I would protect all animals from harm, but the law won't let me. By Celeste Esser at plantbasednews.org, posted at all-creatures.org. And I'm Marian Erickson, your host, and this is the curated content plant-based podcast, where I narrate a variety of articles on plant-based and vegan living with permission in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. And today's article is from all-creatures.org. They've given me permission to narrate their content. They are a great source for tons of information about the spiritual side of veganism. They curate a lot of content as well. And one thing I always like to mention about them is they have a free resource, a free PDF document called What to Eat When You Don't Eat Animals, Menus and Ideas to Inspire People Who Want to Eat As If Life is Precious. It's great for people who don't even know that vegan products exist, which surprisingly is a lot of people. They offer shopping secrets, tips for dining out, vegan alternatives that are available. So check that guide out and share it with anybody who might be curious. I'll put a link in the show notes and you can also go to all-creatures.org and search what to eat when you don't eat animals and it'll pop up. Now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. As a vet, I would protect all animals from harm, but the law won't let me. By Celeste Esser at plantbasednews.org, posted at all-creatures.org. As a pre-vet, my goal is to help animals live long, healthy lives. But I know that becoming a veterinarian is not enough. Not in a world where vast numbers of sick and vulnerable animals cannot be legally helped, because they're considered the property of a corporation that uses them for profit. In a world like this one, I have to be an activist, and that is why earlier this month I walked out of a Petco in San Francisco carrying four mice, now named Amy, Mara, Simba, and Carrie, in my arms. I didn't pay for them. I rescued them. Rescuing these four mice was absolutely worth the risk, because the animals possibly could have ended up hand-fed to somebody's snake. Live feeding has been widely condemned by veterinarians as inhumane, both for the trapped and terrified mice and the snakes who risk being bitten. The mice sometimes wait hours or days in fear before they are eaten. The Problem with Petco In public communications, Petco encourages customers to choose frozen mice to feed their snakes as the more humane option, but the company has been exposed for buying frozen mice from breeders that freeze the animals alive. Moreover, contrary to its public advice, Petco continues to sell live feeder mice too. When asked over the phone and in person if someone could buy live mice for their snake, multiple employees at this San Francisco Petco told us yes. Petco doesn't care if you buy a mouse to be your forever friend or to be eaten alive by one. That's because to them, these animals exist to make money. So do betta fish, like the one my friend Julia carried alongside me during the rescue. Bred in overcrowded factories, many of them suffocate while being sorted, while others get injured or sick from the travel and tiny bowls without filtration that they wait in at stores like Petco. But William, the male betta fish who my friend rescued, survived all of this, and now he is receiving attentive care and will soon be adopted into a loving home. As animals' allies and advocates, my friends and I at Direct Action Everywhere, DXE, are well-educated about the often misunderstood needs of betta fish and will ensure that they go to homes where their unique needs are met. Selling animals for profit is wrong. Even if Petco gave these animals plenty of space, enrichment, and medical care, it would still be wrong to buy and sell animals for profit. Animals of any size or species are not objects. You cannot put a price tag on their lives. 
They are individuals who feel fear, sadness, joy, and other emotions just like we do, and they deserve respect. Fortunately, these lucky few rescued mice and betta fish will be given medical attention, love, and care. But our goal is so much greater than these five individuals. What we want is a world where all animals have fundamental rights, as outlined in Rose's Law linked here, an Animal Bill of Rights. The first of these rights is the right to rescue from situations of abuse and neglect. The right to rescue is gaining momentum. San Francisco, Berkeley, and even Sebastopol, California, a city in Sonoma County, have all passed resolutions to support nonviolent activists currently facing trial for animal rescues in Sonoma County. The resolutions urge Sonoma County to drop the charges against the activists and instead investigate the criminal animal cruelty they exposed. Last year, a jury in rural Utah acquitted two activists of felony charges for rescuing sick and dying piglets from a Smithfield factory farm. This was the first acquittal for open rescue in history, but already it has happened again. In March, two women were acquitted in Merced County for rescuing two diseased chickens from a foster farm's slaughter truck. The Sonoma Rescue Trial is set to start September 8th, and DXC expects it to be the most publicized open rescue trial yet. Right to Rescue Around the World As support increases for the right to rescue, people are feeling emboldened to do open rescues around the world. The UK-based animal rights group Animal Rising recently rescued four sheep from land owned by King Charles. Rescuing animals from situations of distress or exploitation should not be a crime, whether the animal is a dog overheating in a hot car or a sick chicken on a slaughter truck. It's not just animal rights advocates who believe this. A columnist at the New York Times recently made this argument in an opinion piece titled, Rescuing Farm Animals from Cruelty Should Be Legal, linked here. And I believe rescuing animals from the cruel pet trade should be legal too. The real crimes are committed by these multi-billion dollar animal exploitation industries that torture animals, exploit workers, and degrade the environment. I'm becoming a veterinarian in order to help animals, and that is the same reason that I'm going to continue engaging in open rescue. You just listened to, As a Vet, I Would Protect All Animals From Harm, But the Law Won't Let Me, by Celeste Esser at plantbasednews.org, posted at all-creatures.org. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. And for those who struggle with this concept and think, well, you've just got to follow the law, you've just got to obey the law, and it's currently against the law to take these animals from someone who quote-unquote owns them, what these people are doing is bringing visibility to the issues. Unjust laws are changed when enough people demand that they be changed. And Open Rescue is a great vehicle to highlight these unjust laws for people because it gets actual media attention. I attended Wayne Shung's Open Rescue trial in North Carolina back in November of 2021. This was before the first successful Open Rescue trial in Utah that was mentioned in the article. And it was shocking. I'm not very familiar with the legal system and how it works. But I used to think, well, just call animal control. They should take care of any issues or just trust the legal system. A jury and a trial will be fair. But the judge prevented so much basic evidence from being shown. He wouldn't even allow any evidence whatsoever about the sickness of these animals that were rescued, the dire situation they were in. And law enforcement was called out many times, but 
they don't respond to farm animal cruelty situations because it's just normal and culturally acceptable. So for people who say if there is cruelty, it will be addressed in the legal system, no. People need to demand that our legal system change so things will be addressed. I just find it interesting how much my black and white worldview has changed with education. I used to think, of course, rescuing a dog from a hot car, smashing the window to rescue them, should be totally legal. You can see them right there and see the distress they're in and see that they're going to die. So you have to act. But rescuing a farm animal? No, there are systems in place, there are laws in place, there's law enforcement that are going to make sure that those farm animals are treated properly. Uh, no. That's why I feel it's so important to educate others and help them to realize that things are probably not as they believe they are. Education is the first step to enabling people to shift their worldviews, to understand where justice is failing, and to get unjust laws changed. And Right to Rescue provides the visibility for people to even look at the issue, question what they think about it, and hopefully look into it further. So please share this episode with anyone who might benefit, and thanks for listening.